Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Guys, I love fanfiction. Guys, we are kind of obsessed with fanfiction. We've been talking about it for literally an hour. And we have, we just hit record now. Yeah, we've just been talking for an hour or so, maybe a little less, about (laughs) fanfic. We just love it. We just love it. Who doesn't want to read stories about their little favorite characters doing funny little things? I love it. It makes me so happy. But, um, anyway, hi. Hi. Uh, this is the start of the episode, I guess. (laughs) We forgot our intro. Should we well, yeah, it? we could still, but um, yeah, we we this is very we're very off the cuff today. <laughs> you started talking to them first. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know, I just was like in the mood to chit. Yeah, we're sometimes you know what? Sometimes we're chit chatty, and today's one of those days. We watched a really good episode of Gilmore Girls. Uh, it was season seven, episode 22. It's the finale. I don't have any of the information in front of me. No clue when the fuck it is. No, no but like, the- it's just, come on. You know what episode we're talking about. We told you last week. We're telling you now. <laughs> if you need to know the day it aired, you could Google it. Oh my God. We're just, no we're, to get snippy. we're so willy nilly today. I kind of like it. Okay, guys. Oh, it's literally titled Bon Voyage. Oh my god, we could have guessed that. I could have, yeah, I could have guessed that. Uh, May 15th, 2007. See, I told you. Guys, I cried. I cried four times. This is an honesty circle. I cried. I couldn't stop crying. There's just a something about this episode. And that's why this podcast is called You Know That Episode, because this is all about the episodes that stand the fuck out or like affect you and this episode most definitely affected me when i first watched it affects me every time i watch it's it. it's one of the best it's, easily i am way too close to getting my period to be watching this, <laughs> and talking about this. it's also I'll just say that you know what our intro i love i love our intro we're not changing it but it is kind of funny because we do say like oh we're gonna watch good shows and like bad and good episodes of good and bad tv shows we picked only banger episodes for gilmore girls But wait, I think in the intro we say we're going to talk about good shows and bad. Because, I mean, the first show we did was Glee and Objectively compared to some of the other shows we've talked about. And we'll talk about. And we'll talk about. I think Glee and Grey's are suspect. I think so. They're on like. I used to consider Grey's to be top tier television. I no longer feel I don't either. It's just. They are running amok. I just love it. But I know it's not good. I know it's no longer the it's, show. It's it no longer was. good. I so they're like like Grays is like on a warning, you know. Right. Glee yeah, in yellow. They're Glee in the is zone. bad. Glee is in the red zone. Glee is full red zone. Gilmore Girls, I think, is green. Full stop. It's green. It's dare I say uh, it's almost blue. It's, it's just perfect. lovely to watch. Even the episodes that make me like upset or cringe or yeah just like all right i disagree with the actions of the characters it just makes me really happy this has been such a fun show to revisit it really has been so delightful every episode i'm just so excited to watch and it could be that we i mean we feel this way because we've selected some of our favorite of course yeah that's the whole if we watched if we watched it front to back it would be like 
tedious. It would be tedious. It would be a little annoying by the end. That's why we're not doing a full rewatch podcast, y'all. The, the whole purpose is we talk about the episodes that affect us. And like yeah. Trev said, some of them are good, some of them are bad. For Gilmore Girls, it just had to be all good because I can't think of a bad episode. And even then, I think the bad episodes bring something really interesting to the show. Right. Even the episodes that I think are not good for a char- right. for character reasons, I think they're necessary. Right, like the episode where Rory steals the yacht, or the episode where Lorelai tells Luke that she slept with Christopher. They're just, like, there are episodes, the, the episodes in Glee that we talked about that are bad oh, are, like, God. detrimental to the characters in the show in a way that doesn't make sense within the universe they live in. And when you watch it, you can hardly finish watching Exactly, it just doesn't feel so like the same show you're wa- you started watching. Right. The episodes like of Gilmore Girls that I would constitute as quote unquote bad are just episodes I don't like for personal reasons. Like I genuinely, I don't think they're bad. Right. Where like I can pick out Glee episodes and I'm like, woof, what happened here? I think we can also say with some level of certainty that the next show we're going to watch <laughs> has bad are, episodes. There's bad episodes. And you know, but you know and- what? Those are some of my favorite episodes. I can think of one I, right I after. Think, <laughs> I think I can too. I think we can think of, I think we're thinking of the same one. Oh my God. And I don't want to, sp- I don't want to, sp- I did we say what we're doing next? I can't remember, but just in case we didn't, let's not say it again. Well, are we going to tell them at the end of the episode or are we going to tell them after our bonus episode next week? Ooh. Do we want to string them along a little bit or do we want to give them... And then imagine the people who are like dedicated listeners are like, um, you idiots told us last yeah, week. Yeah, like we've, I, we have to have mentioned it at one point. But either way, I think you and I are thinking of the same one. I think we should talk about it on our bonus episode. Okay, we'll do it at the end of the bonus episode. Okay. But anyway, so stay tuned. On. Yeah, stay, stay tuned. We're really excited for the bonus app. We're going to be talking about A Year in the Life. And I'm really excited for our next series. <laughs> Me too. We've been chatting about it so much, and I've been like watching stuff here and there just to kind of get my mind ready for it. It's a it. show that I rewatch once a year. It's a show that I dabble in the same way people dabble in like Friends or Seinfeld. I'll put an episode on the Absolutely. background. Some people are like, oh my God, I, I can't fall asleep tonight. I'm, like, I just need my friends to keep me company. I put on I, this show. It's so I, comforting like, to me. Putting it on, putting on my squad show yes that's a good way to put it um yeah anyway gilmore girls this is the finale kind of kind of kind of um gosh the let's start with the recap because it was good (laughs) it was a good recap Lorelai saying to Patty and Babette that singing to Luke meant nothing and then Logan proposes to Lori and to Rory and she says no I'm so glad that she did not marry him me too thank fucking god it's i just and of course she did of course she said no we had we knew she was going to there's no way she could have ended up marrying him and i mean it sets up something really annoying in during a year in the life yeah but i just it just would have been so fucking annoying if the end of the series was her married to logan i would have been so annoyed and i would have blacklisted Amy Sherman Palladino for the rest of my life. Yeah, I just, it would have been so annoying. But, this is a good recap. There is some, there is a lot of stuff that I forgot. And yeah, just a sweet recap. It made me tear up. It made me excited. Listening to the theme song again, or the opener, just like, it felt very warm. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. 
one of the top 10 best theme songs of totally. all time. On any show, period. Um, But the episode really opens up with them driving into the inn and we see the Jeep. The Jeep is we back. See the Jeep. It just brought me straight where I needed to go. Yeah. Like, I'm in the world. The, the, we know these people. We know this by this now. Is, this... We know this by now. This is Dragonfly. This is Lorelai's Jeep. Like, we just... This episode is so quintessential. It just feels like a warm blanket. Exactly. And it's like, I literally remember where I was when I watched this finale. I literally remember where I watched it. I was at my grandma's house. I watched it with my aunt. Like... That's so sweet. You know where you were at the end of Gilmore Girls. Like, this is one of those episodes... This is one of those series finales that was just like, there's no way I can miss this. I feel like they're my family. That's my mom and sister. They feel like family, and I'm like... The whole episode, I was like, oh, I'm saying goodbye to my family. Right? It felt really sad. And, like, everyone's saying goodbye to Rory. At first, it was like, oh, my God, why are they literally acting like she's... I said the same same thing. I had the same exact note. But then I realized, and you probably realized too, like, I think they're more so saying goodbye to, like, their characters, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like it was... And it also, like, I don't know. I, I grew up a lot around a lot of family, like, a big extended family as a kid. And then moved away. So when I went to college or when I moved away, I didn't have this kind of, like, big send-off like this. Because it was like, I saw these people pretty rarely at that point anyway. So it was just kind of like, oh, it's my mom and my dad that I'm going to miss. But I talk to them every day anyway. So I don't know. I guess it's... I I guess I agree it's the characters. Because they've been on... This is a long-running show. It had seven 22-episode seasons, give or take. Like, these people are deep in this in this universe but also the characters are like this is rory's family and they're very tight-knit like this is a community that has supported each other through thick and thin and and that includes lorelei and rory and so i think for rory to be the one that made it out i think is the reason they're making such a big yeah and and gives the respect to the town still like she's she loves them still so much and i mean we'll get to it at the end but it's a scene that it's a it's one of the moments that made me cry the hardest was when Richard says, to, like, sp- is speaking to Lorelai. And he's just, you could see how proud he is. And he says, he's like, this is for you just as much as for her and, like, the life that the you way- made oh for Oh, my God, the exact quote. We're going to talk about it now. He goes, it takes a remarkable person to inspire all of this. Uh, Richard getting choked up fucking, it, it broke me. Him... It fucking broke me. And, like, Emily broke me, too, when she's saying... When she's talking to Rory. But it just devastated me in the best way. Because I'm like, oh, he's... This whole series building of these these people this who are... This family of four. Don't see eye to eye. And they're kind of competitive. They've been through so much. It just makes me really happy to see them happy at the end. They deserve it. They deserve happiness in they a way. They worked so hard to, like, to this point with each other. And be able to, like... And, and like the whole thing, let's get there later. Let, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. Yes, we'll get there. So we open on the dragonfly, Lorelai's Jeep pulls up and they're like arguing whether Christiane Amanpour is sitting at the inn. And it's like, Rory <laughs> is such a fucking nerd for loving Christiane Amanpour as much as she does. I, like, it's very 2000s. It's so 2000s. And I just like, <laughs> I didn't really like the part where she's like peeking out from behind the corner. Like, 
It was very coquettish, and I don't really like when people act like... Like, it gave me the cringe. I don't know why, and... It's a little cringy, but I mean, Rory's a little cringy. Well, like, Rory, be confident. That's your fucking role model. Like, why are you hiding behind the corner? Like, you... Why are you making your mom go talk to her first? Right, like, you're such a geek. She... But... Exactly. She's a geek. (laughs) And so, um, Rory comes to talk to her, and she's like, I'm sorry that you're meeting me in my pajamas. I can't believe you have nine Emmys. Um... I love you. (laughs) It's so cute. And I like, it's such a fun way to wrap up Rory's like ambitions. But it's weird in a way too. Like, you know what I immediately thought about when she gave Rory her card? I'm like, why didn't she use that card during the reboot when she's jobless and hunting for something to do with her fucking Christina Amanpour. Christina Amanpour was like, Christiane Amanpour, however the fuck you say her name. Christiane? That's how you say it. Yeah. Christiane. Oh my God. She's busy. She's got a full-time job. She can't help. She's she's can't guest star on this little ass show. The world's ending. I just think that <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Sh- I think it would have been a gag if she called in and Christiana on before I was like, "Who? <laughs> Who the fuck are? How did you get this number?" <laughs> she's like, "This is a private number, young lady." Anyway, um, so then we jump back to the house and Rory is like stuffing resumes into envelopes. And this is definitely back in the day, in the olden days, before you could apply to jobs online. She stuffed something crazy, like 73 resumes. Craziness. Even when I lived in Philly, I would go to places and I'd be like, oh, can I like, do you have an application or something? They would ask her physical resumes. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, it's 2019. That's insane. It's crazy. But I have... A personal anecdote about the scene. Okay. When they are talking about roller coasters. Okay, and I have a question for you after this about roller coasters, but go ahead. Please. Uh, I have been to Lake Compounds. What did you think? It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's really fun. It's in Connecticut. It's on a lake, obviously. The ride they mentioned, the Boulder Dash, was so scary. Oh my god. I so my I went I went on vacation there with my mom, my cousin Jen. Uh, her two kids, and her sister, Lori. My little cousin, David, was very young at the time. Too young to be going on, like, big rides, but he's a big boy. He's tall. So me and my mom go on it with Lori and David, and that's his aunt. So this ride was, like, wild. Like, everything they say about it is true. At one point, my mom's, we were going over, like, a hill. My mom had her sunglasses in, like, her cover-up, because it's, like, half water park, half roller coasters and stuff yeah and they have like a lake you can swim in so we were doing that and my mom had her cover up on like this little sundress and her sunglasses flew out oh my god of her like of her cleavage and i grabbed them (laughs) mid-air oh my god like fucking jackie chan bruce lee grabbing them out of the thin air and held them because she had these were like her favorite sunglasses and they almost went flying but David, like, after we got off the ride, David did not speak for 45 minutes. It, like, traumatized him. Oh, my God. And then his... And we were all, like... Like, I was older. I was, like, 13 or something like that. I get and motion my, sick really easy. I do, too. But on wooden roller coasters... Else. Wooden roller coasters, I have... It's so easy for me. Yeah. Anything that I spins or goes upside down, I have a hard time with. Yeah. But, so my mom and I were like, we that was fun, that was crazy, we didn't expect it. Because it just looked like a roller, it didn't look crazy from the outside. David was fucked up. Lori was like, that was awesome. So Jen was like, let me go on it and see how crazy it actually is. She went on and she got off of the ride and she looked at David and she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that it was so scary. She felt so bad. 
and like we that is something my, we still talk about in my family like to this day that like insane roller coaster and oh i forgot God. that they mentioned it in this episode now i kind of want to go on it it's so much like it's a cute little water park like roller like amusement park thing it's in connecticut yeah it's in connecticut that's cool yeah okay my note here was that I, like, almost always scream on roller coasters. And oh, yeah, Lorelei, me too. Lorelai is very weird for pretending she doesn't or for pretending that Rory is weird for screaming. No, like, if you're not, it's you're weird like, for not Like, how can screaming. you just stay silent the whole time? There's some there's something very, like, serial killer-ish about that. The like, whole time? St- <laughs> the whole time? The whole time? The whole time? time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. I go on. I'm also, like, I don't like thrill rides. And I'm like, okay, if it's something mild like Slinky Dog Dash, okay. I understand. To- if I'm like screaming. giggling. You're like, oh my god, this is so fun. But like, it's like so screaming. cute. Woo. But you're like making sounds at least. Yeah. Like, ah! If I <laughs> go on like. Incredicoaster, like, King Dika, any of Yankee those crazy. Can- Yankee Cannonball. Yankee Cannonball. I'll scream I'm on the Yankee Cannonball. I'm screaming on the Yankee Cannonball. I'll scream Cannonball. on the corkscrew. Absolutely. Like. Anything uh, that goes upside down bitch. or it sounds rickety, like it's going to collapse under me, I'm screaming the fuck out of my lungs. Anytime Mickey tricks me into getting on Tower of Terror. How can you be tricked onto going onto a ride? I hate, I hate thrill rides. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. So oh, if you knew me, at, like, listener, if you knew me and my best friend Mickey, you would look at us and you'd be like, okay, Trevor likes... The big scary throw rides. That's just like knowing me, my personality. Like I like horror stuff. I like to be scared, all that. And you would assume the opposite of Mickey. It could not be farther from the truth. I want to go on like It's a Small World, Pirates, Haunted Mansion. I want to go on like the cute, quiet boat rides with like fun songs and animatronics. Mickey wants to be like thrown from a car. And like feel like death is gripping at their so like at their neck. So I like I hate every time I feel bad not going on it, but I'm also like I kind of want to go on it because I don't want to be like a bitch. But I hate Tower of Terror. I kind of love it, and I also love the Avengers oh. one. See, I haven't been to Disneyland, so I don't know any of their stuff like that. Wait, they also have that at don't they also have that at Disney World? I feel like well I Disney own World it. I well yeah, it's the same ride, but it's like different theming. Right. So I, I don't know what the, like, because I know Rocket Raccoon is a part of it, but I don't know anything. I don't know, like, the songs and stuff like that. Okay, it's really fun. There's like, I think there's, like, six different possible songs or four different possible songs. That's the cool. First, the first time I went on it, I got a classic Elvis song. And ever since then, I'm just like... That's really fun. I love it. I love it. Uh, there's something... They do that with the new one in Epcot, the new uh, Guardians ride. Okay, that's... You can have six different songs. That, that's like, that, I think that's what I'm talking about then. Because I feel no. like when we went to Disney World recently. No, that's like a newer one. They just opened that. Because really? I think they did it the same because the music is such a big part of Guardians. Right. As far as I know, because um, like they do have, in Disneyland, they have the Drop Tower with Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Where I think it plays music. And then it's an actual roller coaster roller coaster in Epcot. So okay. did you do Drop or did you do Roller Coaster? It was Drop. So that was Disneyland, yeah. That was yeah. the the Tower of Terror re-theme. But yeah, that's like a full... And you could get like um, Conga. You could get Everybody Wants to Rule the World. It's cool. I love rides. I love rides. I just wish I like my I could stomach rides. Yeah. Well, for me, I always take Dramamine. Yeah. I have to because... do that with like motion sickness, uh, like VR stuff. Yeah. The, I have to... I mean, for pretty much any time I go to any kind of amusement park, I'm popping a pill because like... Yeah. 
Otherwise, I get... Did you do Flight of Passage? Yes. I took three Dramamine before I did that. That ride had the potential to knock me out, but it didn't because I took that pill. I took that pill. I literally would have probably gotten off that ride halfway through and vomited everywhere if I wouldn't have taken that. 100%. Same with Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That ride, even after a pill, that ride fucked me up. I luckily... Millennium Falcon didn't fuck me up too bad because I took my pill, but it, and it like didn't hurt that bad. Star Tours? No, that's I think. Wait, is Star Tours the one where you have a job? They give you a card and you have like a job. That's that Millennium Falcon. Star Tours okay. is the other one where it's like they have the big ATAT outside, mm, mm-hmm. and it's like you and like fifteen other people in the little car, but it's like all VR motion like shit. Both of those rides. Too much. But yeah. literally the last time Mickey and I went on Star Tours, I was like, oh, maybe it'll be fine. I took a dram of me and then halfway through, Mickey looked over me and I was just like staring at my feet. <laughs> and I was like, just tell me when to get, just tell me when it's over so I can stand up. This I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> this literally reminds me of when we went to um, Universal Studios and we went on the Harry Potter uh, broomstick oh, ride. I literally I, had to close my eyes. I do I not so like that ride. I was so ill. That I literally turned to Bernie and I was like, I feel like I'm going to be sick. I'm really going to be sick any second. If this ride doesn't end in the next minute, I'm going to throw up. No, literally. I was like... Why are all of the Harry Potter rides kind of huge flops? They really are. I will say the the Hagrid roller coaster that they opened at Universal Orlando... I haven't gone on that yet. I only went to the California one. Is a sleigh. It's a sleigh. Because it, it's just like a roller coaster. It's just a right. like outdoor roller coaster. Very and, fun. And it goes backwards, right? Yeah, it's crazy. But like all the VR, all the other ones suck. Like the yeah. Gringotts one sucked. The Gringotts. The Hogwarts one, one sucked. It's just like a bummer. Yeah. But whatever. This is completely fucking unrelated. Um, we went off on roller coasters. Okay, moving on. So she finds Logan's rocket and her bullshit, and she's like, <laughs> "Oh, the, the rocket!" I'm like, "Girl, throw that out! That is such a dumbass gift. Like, just get rid of it." Why'd you even pack that? Right? Like, why the fuck was it packed? So weird. And then Lorelai and Rory have this conversation about like whether or not Lorelai is over uh, over Luke and whether or not Rory is over Logan. And the answer Lorelai's- to both is no. The answer to both is no, but Lorelai says she is over Luke. And she's such a liar, too. She's like, I feel better because, like, I'm done. I'm, like, so done. I'm done with him. Rory and I are like, what? And then she's like, no, I'm over him. Like, for real. Like, I sang him that song and he didn't even say anything. Like, why should I care? So, no, I'm done caring. So, like, like, the most passive-aggressive way to tell (laughs) someone you love them is to sing them a song to the entire town of karaoke. And the song is literally like, I will always love you. Like, Lucas, you also could have... He's so but stupid. it's also literally a breakup song. But also... <laughs> like, she could also just say, I am I miss you. They're both stupid fucking annoying idiots. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we jump over to Luke, and he's clearly doing the same bullshit. Like, he's ordering yeah. a bunch of... He orders 300 hot dogs and 250 burgers. Oh, I love hot dogs. I have, like, one hot dog a year. Really? Yeah. And I it's my annual, it's my annual hot dog. It's my like, oh, I'm having my annual hot dog craving time to order one. And then I order one and I load it up. I also, but I will say I've been eating more hot dogs than I have in the past because of hockey. When I go That's to hockey so games, fair. I order. Yeah. If you're at sports, you need a hot dog. Yeah. I have eight hot dogs in my fridge right now. No, I have two Nathan's eight pack hot dogs you keep them stocked up look we keep them in the freezer 
Oh. It's just not often that I get a hankering for one. Like, unless I'm at a hockey game, I typically don't eat Victoria, this is not stocked up. This is regular eating. (laughs) I mean... This is not like I'm just in case... Break in case of emergency. This is me like, oh, I'm going to have four at once. (laughs) Like, this is like no joke. Do you get the jumbo ones? No, they're normal. Oh. Um, When Tony and I went to New York in September to see Harry Styles... Mm-hmm. I think in one day I literally ate eight hot dogs. Oh, the way I would be having explosive diarrhea if I did that. I just would stop every time I saw a cart and I'd be like, all right. Oh my God. Here's six bucks. I could not go back to And I would take before. a picture of every time I got hot dogs, I would take a picture of them to my and send them to my mom. <laughs> why? Because we she's love like, hot dogs. She's like, why the fuck did I just get eight pictures of hot no, dogs? No, my mom <laughs> is like, like if I tell her that I ate a hot dog, she's like, you didn't send me a picture. Oh my god, like, are you kidding me? Dad asked, that is one of our favorite foods. That's adorable. I love hot dogs. My mom loves hot dogs. She said she was going to, for Christmas, she almost bought me, because I'm, I'm a sabrette girl normally. Hard to find sometimes, though, so I do do Nathan's now. For I Christmas, my mom was going to order me a 50-pack of Nathan of sabrette hot dogs off of their website for, my, for a Christmas gift. That's such a good gift. I love, I fucking love hot dogs. My cousins had a hot dog eating contest. This, you could cut out. It doesn't matter. um at our favorite hot dog truck in my hometown in yonkers and i think my cousin eddie ate like 23 hot dogs that is too much that is way too much i could have won that's a thing i was pissed because they didn't let me compete compete please but i could have won 28 hot dogs i 23 23 even that seems a lot insane to me but I, I might make hot dogs tonight for dinner. After one hot dog, I'm always like, that was very beefy. And I think I'm good oh, for the rest of the year. Makes me so happy. I could eat them every single day. <laughs> that no, was my fine. mom's that's, like. That's literally me with chicken tenders. If I could eat. Oh, yeah. If I could eat backroom chicken tenders every meal for the rest of my life, I would. If I could <sighs> eat a, a fucking family size tray the of bucket. Backroom, if I could literally have uh, a bucket of backroom chicken tenders with a. Big fat hunkin' uh, tub sauce. of duck sauce with the soggy ass backroom fries. Oh, the fries are so good. And the packet, the zillion packets of ketchup, or the entire tub of ketchup, and squirt it. I fucking. That was the best part about living with Julia. I mean, she's a lovely roommate. If she's listening, I love you. Um, is that she worked at the backroom? Oh, room. baby, this is getting cut out. We're not leaving <laughs> <fucking> thirty <laughs> minutes of hot dog talk. <laughs> <in the> bu- <laughs> but like, literally, she would just come home with like a bucket of the tenders like once a week i can't wait to go home next week i'm literally gonna i'm literally gonna tony will probably be working i'm probably gonna go say hi i i will try if i see them i'll say hi (laughs) but no literally like oh my god i i i i love hot dogs um anyway okay luke i hate liz wait no we're not ready to move on to luke because you completely skipped over the part where luke starts laughing he's so cute He's so cute, and his guy is, like, trying to sell him the brats. I feel like I saw a dog stand on its hind legs when I saw Luke laugh. Yeah, he's very, he's just happy. He's in in a good mood. Yeah, and I think it's because, I I mean, I think it's because of Lorelai and Rory. Liz hits him with some hard questions. She's like, so are you going to give her the necklace? Yeah, she really gives it to him. I know you bought that necklace because it matches her earrings. Like, I'm not stupid. Yeah, don't be telling me, loser. I know what the fuck is up. And he's like, could you please stop? And she's like, anyway, you're in love with her. But anyway, could you take care of my kid? And he's like, She's no. so funny, but I cannot stand her. You know she's an Aquarius? I kind of love that about her. That makes sense. 
Um, she's annoying. I love her. <laughs> I kind of love her. I love her vibes. I think she's so cheeky. She's so like bohemian. Yeah, I love it. Um, but anyway, so we jump over to Friday night dinner, and Lorelai and Emily look so fucking amazing. I literally was not listening to a word they were saying. I was no, just staring so at them stunning. Both. Her hair, Lorelai's hair, and Emily's like perfectly coiffed. Like they just look astoundingly good. I yeah. love. I love when a show is in late seasons because everyone looks a little bit older and the like video quality is always a little bit better, especially for the 2000 shows. Like it's the difference between watching like season two of Friends and season like eight of Friends. Yeah, the hair is so... Oh my God, Rachel looks so fucking good. Like The hair is specific. It's very specific. It's a very perfect polished look they all look a little older and it's really working for them um except i do not like richard's mustache oh i think it's very cute i know you like mustache. i don't like a mustache on a guy i find it i think it's very becoming of him i don't agree i don't like it at all i respect you i respect you too agree to disagree yeah absolutely you know who looks lovely who emily in this next scene yeah emily just looks astounding she looks so good this whole episode her outfit at the party at the end oh my god i love that jacket that jacket so is chic wait that jacket is burned into my mind me too i like light blue light pink with a stripe oh in so like, stunning i know that i know that jacket you would look really cute in that i definitely would and you know what? i've been meaning to get a proper skirt suit and i want you, like a oh my god one. you would look so good in a skirt suit i want like a chanel one yeah, but I want to like oh I want to like sexy it up. Like if yeah, I like, had a if I like had a Fran Chanel, Fine does Chanel skirt suit. Exactly. If I had a skirt suit like that, it would be like I need to be hemmed, sexed up, a little bit hemmed, a little bit like probably not wearing a shirt underneath it. Oh fuck yeah! Obviously, it would need to be the black. Yeah, I would do like, like black black with a gold button or red. Black with a gold button and like a pair of like Jackie Kennedy sunglasses and a oh, little handbag. Yes. I think this is a worthwhile investment. Definitely. If I could afford a $6,000 skirt suit, I would buy it immediately. When when we hit gold with the podcast, <laughs> that'll be the first purchase. Definitely. Okay. Emily is going on and on about how she thinks Lorelai should open a spot. Honestly, her idea is good. The if idea I, is not bad. When I go to an inn or a hotel, having a spa is definitely an amenity that I look for. I've never been to a proper spa. I love, oh my God. I think it would do me wonders. I would love to take you sometime. And That'd I'd be, be so much fun. Like, I love going to a spa, like getting a wrap, um, like a, a body wrap. They cover you. That sounds so nice. In like different, either exfoliating materials or like. Um, I got a massage. I've only had a massage once in my life. What did you think? Oh my God. I thought I was going to cry. It felt so good. It's heavenly, isn't it? It was incredible. I need to, it's something that I should look into doing more regularly. You definitely should. It was lovely though. But I, 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 I like at the end when we realize why Emily is suggesting all these ideas. I love that part too. It's definitely. really sweet. It's like, really sweet. She just wants to see Lorelai and keep her in her life and yeah. wants to keep having Friday night dinners. And Lorelai realizes that because she's like, mom, why don't we just talk about all of this at Friday night dinner? Yeah. <laughs> Lorelai, like, she tell, she basically tells her, I know why you're doing this without saying, I know why you're doing this. And she gives her that, like, we'll just deal, we'll do, we'll have dinners. Yeah. I, we're, don't, we're in don't this come now. And don't wear jeans. Yes, we've made amends. We are, we are past who we're we used to, to be. It's very sweet. And it's just like, it's a fun through line throughout this whole episode. Definitely. So Rory shows up, she's late for dinner. And Frazzled. She, and she announces that she got a job and leaves in three days. 
And I hate Rory's dress, if I'm being honest. I hate her dress, and I also... Like, I'm proud of her for getting the job. That was such a sleigh. But I also feel like... This is a safe space. I don't know. There's just something about the way she announced it. But I guess she was, like, really frazzled. Yeah, and it's it's not like one of those things that she's done in the past where she kind of holds a secret until the last minute. Even if she did, I'm not one to talk. I did the same thing to my family when I moved to Seattle. Oh, I remember. What do you mean you remember? Bitch, we were neighbors and you literally... I went to your house. I went to your apartment like the <laughs> two weeks before and you were like, yeah, I have to tell my mom tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, you haven't told her? <laughs> and you were like, no, I haven't told her that I'm moving across the country because, in two weeks. Look, my family was upset for like a day when I moved away, but then they all supported me and helped me pack. So I knew that I did the right thing. Like, I did, oh, to- I, oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like Rory wasn't as considerate. Even though I gave my family the same amount, I gave them basically no notice. I actually know that's a lie. I was not more considerate. I literally Mm-mm. told my mom. My mom was big. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I'm going to let you finish, but you're crazy. My mom was literally baking a cake. Um, <laughs> and I was choked on my son kissed. My mom was making a cake. Everybody was sitting around the kitchen table at my mom's house, like talking about something and like joking and laughing and everyone was in a great mood. And then I walked up to my mom and I was like, I have to tell you something. I'm actually moving to Seattle next week. And my (laughs) uncle like overheard what I said and he started laughing because he thought I was kidding. (laughs) He was like, (laughs) like one of those like belly laughs, you know? You gagged them, huh? And then they all like looked at me and waited to say I was kidding, but I didn't. And then my mom started crying into her cake. Had they met Bernie yet? They had. Okay. And and my aunt was so <laughs> mad at me. She gave me the cold shoulder for like almost. And you're really are you you're close with your aunt, right? I'm really close with my aunt. We grew up like together, almost like sisters. She's like yeah. three years older than me or something. Like okay. really close in age. <laughs> and but like she was so mad at me and like holy shit. Honestly, less. It's like I didn't want to hurt them. By doing that it's more so like i didn't want the goodbye to like be long and dragged out plus like i also yeah. didn't want to feel bad about moving and sometimes my family has this really sweet kind adorable sweet endearing way of making <laughs> convincing me to not do stuff because they think it's the wrong thing and yeah. it's just like oh my god there's a lot of me. adjectives there to describe that they love me so much and they just want to look out for my best interest. But at the same time, like sometimes it has the Sometimes you just have to like, make your own decision. Right. And sometimes it just makes me feel like they they never want me to leave. And I knew that that would be the case because I'm so close with my family. That's, so like, my, that's how my mom is. Okay. And I was just going to ask you, did your parent, how did your parents react when you moved away? Um, what else? Well, so it's interesting. So I moved to college and my parents were really excited. They, I mean, they were excited for me because I was excited. My mom was really, my, they were sad. But I'm the only child too. So like, it was like a weird empty nest thing. I mean, I also talked to, I still talk to my mom every single day. Like I think there's, I, my mom and I haven't gone more than a day without speaking to each other in, since I moved out at 18. Wow. So we were really close and it was really hard on her at first. And then obviously it got better as I went. And then I went home for the summer a couple times. And then weirdly enough, it was hard on my dad the second time they dropped me off. Hmm. That's when it like really like hurt, hit him. Mm-hmm. So I went home for summer after freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And then I got the job at Cafe Loren. And I just stopped, just saved money. And then I moved in with Julia. 
So when I moved out, like officially, I had already been moved out, more or less. Okay. So it didn't, it wasn't really tough. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, you're an adult now. You're doing this. They were more so just like, okay, we trust you to like, you're on your own. Like, we can't bail you out. Like, if you don't, if you don't pay your rent, like, you're fucked. Wow. Like, you need to, to you, you. It was like a wake up call sort of thing. Yeah, but even then they like, they knew, because all throughout college, I had a shared bank account with my dad. So he always saw how much money I spent and everything like that. So when I was saving and everything like that, like saving a lot of money, he was like, oh, you're doing, you're, you're making adult decisions. Like you're, you're doing fine. So they trusted me and we're like, okay, if this is what you want to do, this is what you want to do. Like you're finishing up your, you still have one more year of school. So you're going to be there whatever. Right. Uh, so they were fine with it. And then like when I moved to Philly, they were fine. When I wanted to move up to Maine, they were fine. They don't like that I always move somewhere far away. <laughs> right. I mean, what family likes that? Yeah. But like, they trust me. They trust my decision making enough to be like, okay. And they like, I talk to them often enough that like, I see them more now that I live in Portland than I did when I like lived in Philly or was in college. Right. Weirdly enough. So yeah, so I don't know. It wasn't, it weirdly wasn't hard. Okay, good. Yeah. Cause I don't know. We're just, I can't get rid of these people. <laughs> my dad was texting um, me before about his new gluten-free bagels wow yeah cute it's nice though it's nice it's 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 nice to not have the stress of like okay i have to kind of like uh mediate their emotions on top of my own that i'm experiencing making this big decision right and honestly like okay if anybody in my family is listening to this that was not meant to be a drag no, of course I, not. I just, like, my family is very tight-knit, and so, like, I knew, I kind of anticipated what their reactions were, were going to be, and whether I dragged the goodbye out and gave them a year to accept that I was moving, or I gave them a week, it was going to be hard. And so, it was, for me, it was like a rip-the-band-aid-off moment. I just wanted to enjoy my summer. I didn't want them to be, like, constantly sad and yeah. stressing about the fact that I was moving, and I just was like, I'll give them a week, and that's all we need. But exactly. my dumbass made it worse by being like, not only do you only have a week to now process this, I also really need your assistance with packing because I waited until the last <laughs> second like a fucking idiot and Classic. I have nowhere to put this stuff. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully they didn't hold the grudge too long and ended up coming to help me, but like, yeah. Which is good. And like, I, I know what you mean because it's, you made the decision, you were sticking with it, you didn't need the input, but you also didn't want to hurt anyone's feet. Like, you just, you just needed everyone to be on board immediately. Right. So I th I totally get what you what your your uh position there. And in this instance, Rory did not have the same choice I had. So like I I guess what I'm saying is when she walked into the room and was like, I had a job and I leave I got a job and I leave in three days. Yeah, it's just not. And so she like just sitting down and being like, guys, I have to tell you something. I think she was just so frazzled because she, was she wasn't expecting frazzled. it. Yeah. Which, like, because, I mean, how they said it. Towards the end, she ends up being like, what about the roller coasters? And she, like, definitely feels bad about that. Yeah, she definitely feels guilt. But I'm glad that Lorelai and all of them, like, don't make her feel guilty. Yeah. It's more of an internal thing. But they're just, like, happy for her. Like, Richard is, like, very proud of her. Emily's, like, skeptical. But, again, they're like, you got to do this. Yeah. It's a they're nice scene. They're all supportive. They, they yeah, all they're all a, supportive. They all process it differently. Like, yeah. Lorelai is such a good parent, does not make it about herself in the no. slightest. But, and then Emily, I was just going to say, like, Rory, like, encouraged her kid and, I mean, Lorelai encouraged her kid and, like, I think Emily came around to being encouraging, but first had a moment of, like, fear. Of that's understandable. How Emily, that's how Emily operates. Like, yes. 
she's rigid in her schedule and everything. And she's also like very pragmatic. And I think that yeah. affects how she processes things. She takes a second longer to think about things than I think Lorelai does. Where Lorelai just immediately was like, I'm supportive. I'm so happy for you. Like, you're going to do it. It's going to be great. Emily's like, well, well, what? you're not going to get very good sleep and you're going to be in these seedy motels and kind of worried about that and, you know, all that. But then she obviously was supportive and Richard, of course, was just totally. like completely aligned. Yeah, he knew that he knows that this is not something she could be talked out of. Right. And not, so nor just should have... she. None exactly. of them should even try to. And it's nice that later in the episode, which we'll talk about more in depth when we get there, we do when we do see Lorelai, when we see Rory ask her, like, why aren't you more upset about this? She gives a very straight answer of, like, if I stop to think about it, I'm going to break down, and I can't do that yet. That, see, and I, it's, the situation could not be more similar to what I did yeah. to my family for precisely that reason. I didn't want a long, dragged out, like, okay, the day has finally come. Are we all devastated? Especially yeah. because it's like, I'm not dying. No, it, that bothers me so much. I'm st- a phone call away. Right. Or like a flight away. Like Yeah, like there's a there's a way that we could still have our relationship. And if anything, have a better relationship because now I'm going to be a real person. Right. Like, I'm not like vanishing off the face of the earth. I'm just moving to another state. Like Yes. So I, 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 I understand where Rory's coming from. I think she's so frazzled. I think she's like nervous too. Right. But it's exciting and they're they're supportive in the in the best way they all can be. Yeah. And it's it's really nice. Except for the really sad look that Richard and Emily and Laura share. share. Um but then they jump back to Luke Steiner and Luke's boat trip got canceled, um, which he reminds Lorelai of, and she he she's like, Oh, well speaking of cancellations we have to cancel the party. And everyone in town, everybody in the diner falls silent. Yeah, they're she, fucked up about this. They're like, what? And she's like, well, <laughs> Rory got a job. And nobody in the entire diner is happy for her. The party is canceled. The graduation reenactment is canceled. The only person that's happy for her is Luke, even though he literally ordered 550 meat products <laughs> for the party. <laughs> um <laughs> And then Patty and Babette are like whining about the reenactment with Kirk. <laughs> this is so funny. This is so funny. Lorelai is such a ham. She's, they both are. When Rory says summa, summa cum Luke, <laughs> it took me fucking out. And then they're just like so, everyone is so silly. They're looking at them like someone died. wish death upon yes. their family. Like they're looking at like. It's nonsense. Babette's like, that's not how I imagine No, they're it. so upset. <laughs> And, like, on top of everything else, they have no time to say goodbye to her. So, like, that's also why they're upset. And, like, seeing the entire town be really sad when Rory tells him, like, I only have three days. I don't have time for a party. I have to go buy everything that I need for my trips and blah, blah, blah. And they just look at her with such (laughs) sadness. They're like, so we don't even get to say goodbye. And then that's what made me realize I was kind of fucked up for doing that to my family. (laughs) My note note was like, gosh, it was fucked up for me to do this to my family. I am now realizing. (laughs) It it would all worked out. It all worked out, but like, I just, (laughs) oh God. Seeing their sad faces and then when they walk out, Babette saying super quietly, bye doll faces. Oh Oh my God, I nearly cried. Uh, Babette is so fucking funny in this episode too. Babette is on one in this episode. Luke is such a big softie. He's such a softie. He immediately goes goes to Suki Suki. to plan something. So he shows up 
at the dragonfly, and he's so cute, and so is Suki. They like start giggling and like planning. Like I think it would be fun to make a little surprise. And you can see, and like, yeah. you can see in her eyes, she knows why he's doing this. And she, and he's like, I think Rory would really like it. And she's like, I think Lorelai. And he doesn't even. He's like, he yeah. doesn't even argue no, with her goes, in a way he usually would about something like that. Right. He literally goes, Yeah, Rory and Lorelai, and they both giggle. It's so cute. I, it so just cute. is so fucking sweet, and it. I lo- and we don't get a lot of scenes with Suki and Luke together, just the two of them. We don't, but I wish we did. Because their dynamic is they are so... so cute together. The other scene where we do get um where we do get them together is right after the kiss happens in season yes. four. Because that is one of my favorite parts of that episode is them chatting about the kiss and like Suki freaking out that Lorelai wasn't the one to tell her. It was actually And I would have loved to see after the break after they break up. <laughs> Luke going Luke to going to Suki or Suki going to Luke and being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, kind. Oh my God, somebody should write a birthday fic where it's like Lorelai's fiftieth birthday or something like that, and they the two of them get together to plan a get party. on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> look out! Look out on archive. Anywho, Zills. Anywho, yeah, it's just cute. And then they're planning, and she's gonna bake, and they're gonna enlist Jackson, and the whole town. The, uh, the entire town is. It's in really on this cute, shit. and then uh, it cuts to. Our girlies shopping. They're shopping. They have a bunch of stuff on the list completed. But then Lorelai realizes she wants to stop at Miss Patty's to get this cushion for her back. Um, but when they knock on the door, it's locked. Which is... Uh, and that should have been their first red flag because Patty always has that door wide open. Yeah. And they, they even say, they're like, she never locks this. Like, they know something's yeah. weird, but they can't put together what it is. Right? I love this stupid town. Like, ugh, they're all in there hiding... For a town meeting that's secret. Like, how could they have a secret town meeting without Lorelai and Rory knowing? It's so funny to me. But anyway, um, so they walk away and they're like, what the fuck? Like, Patty didn't let us in. That's so weird. Um, And Patty's like, yeah, I'm like with my muse right now. So come back later. And then the town meeting starts and Taylor is being a fucking annoying annoying. idiot. He's He's the worst. "Um, You guys, did you get a permit to like have a party in the town square and like burn stuff and have the, the whole town starts arguing with him. Finally. The entire fucking town is like, shut up. We hate you. Um, and even Luke is like, you're being a pain. And Babette stands up and is like, Hey Taylor, if this meeting is unofficial and everything you say is unofficial. <laughs> they're good. This is an episode finally where they're like, we are sick of this. They're like, no, but the, you know what? This is an episode where they're not just sick of it. They're like, nothing is going to get in the way of us celebrating Roy. Absolutely. That is Thank, the town. That is it the is town so, princess. That's our girl. Right. That it's is their, so, that it's is the so town's cute. daughter. Takes the village. I, uh, yeah. And they're just, they're over it. So they start planning. They start divvying up jobs and who's going to do the sound system. Kirk is who's like, gonna... Kirk's like, I'm going to be the DJ. And, and Lulu's like, oh yeah, he's really good at scratching. Babette goes, yeah, we've all seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Babette is truly the breakout of the episode. She is on one on this episode. She is making me laugh the entire time. Every 10 minutes, Babette had like a laugh out loud scene. Literally. Um, the town is ready to kill Taylor. Um, yeah. By this point, Luke gags him. He's like, we're having this party. You can either come or you can stay home and comb your beard. <laughs> and Taylor's just like, wicka, 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 what? Yeah. He's truly <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we come back to outside and Lorelai and Rory are standing in the town square something fighting silly. over something. And it's like, oh, something silly. Lorelai yeah. is like, you need to go hang out with Lane because it's your last day. And she's like, no, but I want to hang out with you at home. And Lorelai's like, well, I'll be at home. You go hang out with Lane. 
And they're just going back and forth, and the entire time they don't realize that they don't see all the tables people and people. A bunch of supplies. Tables, supplies, grills, people just like walking behind them in the background of the it's scene. It's so this fucking is a funny. Great shot. And then uh, at the end of it, Lorelai kind of does a double take because she's like, wait, wait <laughs> did I miss something? And she's like, huh, that was weird. And she just walks off. Such a great little moment. And then, honestly, I loved the scene of Rory and Lane, but it kind of made me sad at the same time. It made me really sad, too. Did you feel the same way? Because it just... But it made me want more. Because I felt like it was cute that she was reconnecting with her, but also, like, it just highlighted the fact that they're not as close. And that they... There's so much time they lost. Like, the dynamic between them has shifted, and it's very palpable. Like, things are not the same between them. No, but... Like, they've grown up, think their lives have gone in different directions, and it's, like, the way they're just chatting about nothing in particular gave me this really weird, bittersweet feeling of, like, ah, oh, like, they used to be on the ins and outs of each other's lives, every little detail. They knew every little thing that was going on in each other's lives. And at this point, it just feels like they're having tea and just, like... Catching up. Talking about nothing. Yeah. It just feels like you're talking to like a neighbor and not like your best friend. And then eventually when Rory does kind of like start to implode a little bit and like panic, Lane is like, she's such a good friend to her. She's such a good friend. She Rory starts to have a little bit of imposter syndrome and she's like, and also like freaking out about the fact that her mom isn't sad and she just doesn't realize that obviously Lorelai cares. She's just trying to protect you from trying to protect you from her emotions. And like Lane is such a good friend she cheers her on and is like, don't worry. Like, your mom definitely cares. It's just, you know, she's trying to hide yeah. it from you. And it's a really nice moment when she's like, who even thinks about, like, what reporter oh. even thinks about, like, missing their mom when they're going out? And Lane just says, the lucky kind. And it's such a good moment. And Oh, my God. Lane is so good. Lane is such a good And this friend. scene is like, you know what? Even though they have drifted apart and they have, like, lost a lot of time together, they at the end when they're like, I feel like I have a sister, it's true, like, it's just one of those relationships that it's it they could separate and come come in and out of each other's lives, but they're always going to be there for each other. And it's a really it's yeah. a nice cap to their the, this like sisterly bond that they have. Yeah, I have a friend like that. Too. Yeah, I think everyone does like where it's like, well, we haven't talked in a minute, but like just so close. We haven't talked in a bit, but like still, you know, if you called her and asked for help, she would be there in a minute. A hundred percent. She would be there in a heartbeat. And like, I would do the same for her. It's just. You know, you know, when you're starting to become an adult, your friendships from high school and even your friendships from college, she's my only friend that I still have from high school, really. Like I have like maybe two or three friends from high school that I still keep in touch with. And she's my number one high school friend and was pretty much all through high school. But like, I'm just saying like, it's so weird when you become an adult, how like the friendships that seemed so easy take genuine work to like upkeep and make sure that like you don't lose touch. It definitely saying it takes more yes, effort. They're putting and you in see the that effort. In the scene. You see them talk like but anyway, um this scene made me tear up. <laughs> yeah, me too. This is like maybe the first time I cried. Yeah. No, the first time I cried was Richard at dinner. I teared up on that scene and I teared up on the on the scene, but I didn't cry until the time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good distinction. I teared up at those scenes. I cried soon, though. Yeah. So we go back to the house, and Lorelai is ironing clothes. And she's like, don't you know that if you iron things, it makes it easier to fit everything in your suitcase? And, like, that is categorically not true. (laughs) But okay. There's a lot of things we could dig into about this woman. She's so bonkers. She's kind of funny. And then... Laura, and then Rory's like, okay, I'm going to take over the ironing. You should do the folding. And she starts ironing a cami, which is just like, again, <laughs> so that stupid. cami does not need to be ironed. 
No, but this is the scene where they have that exchange where it's like, why aren't you sad? She almost says to her. Uh-huh. And Lorelai has to be like, I can't break yet. I need to just be, I need to just get past this for now and then be sad later. Yeah, she's like, more or less. We still have work to do. We still have things to to talk about, and we still have a little bit of time left. So if I break down now, I'm not going to be able to snap out of it. Basically, exactly. So they finish folding and ironing and all that, and then we cut to the town setting up in the square. And Babette comes running out of nowhere like a bat out of hell. Bat out of hell. Luke is super enthusiastic about everything, but then she starts screaming about her ankles and how she can predict the weather with her ankles. And gives maybe the funniest line of the entire episode, how she's always had a thing for meteorologists because they're kind of astronauts crossed with fortune tellers. (laughs) And that's so true. And it's true. And she says, she's like, that's just an interesting person. And I'm like, what? She's right, but it's just so, she's so. I'm like obsessed with how right she is. And the whole, like the agreement from the boys about how Babette's ankles are never wrong. Okay, and see, this is the part where I have a note that's like, if this was the old Luke from, like, season one or two, he would definitely not believe a word Babette says, but he would argue, now, He would be like, what are you talking about? He'd be like, can you get out of my diner, you crazy old woman? Yeah. But now, he knows better than that, and he believes her, and he's not as cynical, and it's all because of Lorelai, because Lorelai made him ingrain himself in the town, for better or for worse. He, he no longer hates it, and he no longer sees things as cynically as he once did. Yes. The whole point of his mood and his general charisma in this episode, I think, is a tribute to Lorelai and how much Lorelai and Rory mean to him. This episode feels like a completely different Luke in like a in a really significant character growth way. Exactly. He's like he's like if if Lorelai was here, she would tell me to believe Babette, and so I'm gonna believe Babette. I, I truly believe that's what he was thinking in this moment. I agree. I 100% agree. And so he knows that nothing can get in the way of this party and. He's like, you know what? I'm going to stay up all night and solve this problem. Not just for Rory, but definitely also for Lorelai. And he starts sewing all the tarps. My heart literally exploded. So the first time I cried was when Lorelai is like, I can't break down yet. Whatever. That made me cry. The scene where she goes in to tuck Rory in made me tear up. And then Luke sewing everything together made me cry again. I have a question. Are you a light sleeper or a heavy sleeper? Uh, I think generally I'm a heavy sleeper. If Would you notice if somebody sat over you and watched you sleep like Lorelai does in this scene? Uh, probably not. I think that when I was in high school, there would be moments where I would like fall asleep like randomly and my mom would come in and put a blanket on me and I would just be passed out. Or like if I fell asleep on the couch or something. Like there, there are moments when I was in middle school where my parents and I would be watching a movie together and I would just fall asleep and my dad would carry me into my room. I'm a heavy sleeper, but there are certain things that can wake me up without fail. And one of them is sensing physically. I Somehow my body, even if it's asleep, can tell if somebody's like near me or... That's that good old shit, old school instincts. I don't know why, but I've always been that way. Like there's... Not been, a bad thing. No, no. It, it's definitely a good thing. But at the same time, like if somebody wanted to have a cute moment with me like this, it would not be possible because <laughs> I would literally wake up out of a dead sleep and probably like try to. I think up. it would work with me. I would be able to stay asleep. I definitely can't. Well, I sense somebody's eyes on me. I can even tell in a room if somebody's staring at me. I don't know what I think. Honestly, everybody, you should know this. You might not be able to tell by our podcast art, but I have a widow's peak and I'm something of a witch. So <laughs> I have like pretty strong instincts. Have I ever told you this? No. 
I, I believe it though. I have really strong instincts about like the weirdest things. Like sometimes I'll say something and like two weeks later it'll come true. Or sometimes I'll mention something in a conversation or do something privately. Like I'll be like, okay, I'm going to watch this really old TV show. And then like a month or two later, everybody I know is watching it and has become completely obsessed with it. I love that. It's crazy. It's really I think it's weird. true though. I mean, yeah, some people are just naturally more intuitive than others. I'm a, I'm a fucking, sometimes I feel like I have to be hit over the head. Meaning what? Just like, I'm not, I don't think I'm that intuitive. Yeah, or perceptive in that way. Really? Yeah, not all the time. I I I feel like you're, but cancers are usually very emotionally aware. When it comes to like. I think emotionally aware. I think like spatially aware and like in a large, I think like my interpersonal relationships and like how people are feeling, I can definitely gauge and like see and all that. But just like in a larger sense of like. Like, th- like getting into something and then everyone being, like, a month later taught. Like, that stuff like that. Yeah. And just, like, where things are in relation to me, I have a harder time with sometimes. But, like, emotionally and, like, interpersonally, yeah, I'm very intuitive with that. But outside of that, I think I'm just kind of a bit, uh, what's the word? Yeah, unaware, I guess. Not interested, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, sense. like, if I think if someone came in and did that to me I, and, like, put a blanket over me, I would fully be knocked out so feel free to try feel free to try everybody okay moving on luke starts sewing all the tents together it's so cute and then while he's sewing did you catch this moment while he's sewing the necklace box he grabs the necklace out of his toolbox and let's talk about what that what the meaning of that is it's not just a random like oh and before i forget i better put that necklace in my pocket nope that's not what it is looks at it he's sewing all of the tents together and we know in the inside of this little Scorpio softie's head, he's thinking about one thing and one thing only. Lorelai. I the fucking whole time. love this woman so fucking much. I am up at fucking 2 a.m. sewing All random night. tents together that I stole out of somebody's fucking garage that I definitely should not have grabbed without asking <laughs> to make sure that this fucking party doesn't get rained on. Because I am in fucking love with this woman and I love her daughter as if she was my own. And that's when he goes to the toolbox and just just like what Liz said was absolutely true. I am no, yeah, I'm not over her in the slightest. I am madly in love with her. I need to have that necklace on my person and I'm giving it to her tomorrow. There's no part of me no that way. wants to pretend I'm not in love with her anymore. Thank God. And thank God. But like that little moment, if you're not paying attention or like you don't really think about it much can just look like. Oh, and I better just grab this necklace. I just remembered I have it in my yeah, toolbox. Yeah, it's like, it's so... Take a second to think about what the fuck that means. He's literally in the middle of like a really huge project, sewing these fucking tents together. And all of a sudden he just stops, rushes over to his toolbox and grabs a necklace, looks at it for a second, and then puts it in his pocket decisively. It's so pointed. It's very pointed. It means something. It means this is making me realize I'm still in love with her. I love him. Love him so much. Oh, my king. My tender king. Um, okay. The next day, it's literally pouring rain. Downpour. And they pull over in the Jeep, and they're and then Lorelai's like, oh my god, Rory, look. And she points, and Rory's like, oh my god, did you? And she's like, nope, I didn't do a thing. 
It's so cute. And then Zach and Jackson run over with umbrellas. Yep, and they get them out of the car and they rush under the tent. And it's just a close shot of every single person we have fallen in love with over the past seven seasons. And it stops on Luke. It stops on Luke and he's just clapping. And like, I cried so hard. I cried like this was my going away party. Same, same. This was it's just my go- going so away party. So cathartic. Thank you guys. Like it's been so nice to watch this show and love you for seven seasons. Like it's all- and I feel like the re- the reason it's such a close shot wasn't just to show like oh my god the town loves Rory so much. Like some of them literally looked like almost into the camera. It made me feel like, oh my god, maybe this was for the a little bit of fan service. Like, oh totally, they're saying goodbye to the fans, and that's why they look into the camera when they say goodbye. You know? Yeah, no, I one hundred percent agree that it's like they're doing it's specific. They're not just like there's a better way to show this if they weren't thinking about that. They like a close the close up shots of all these characters are. It's like it, it's not necessary for what they're trying to do. It's so emotional. But it it's necessary for what they're trying to tell like get across to the fans and everything like that, I feel like. And I just, like, it's such a sweet moment, and it's it's such a good finale. Oh, my God. And I... I, I loved it. It's cathartic in a way that, like, isn't grandiose. Right. There's so many finales that I think try and do too much, where this feels like just they feel another... Like they owe something, or they're trying to prove something. Yeah. Like, oh, it's the finale, so we have to go overboard. And it's like, no, you can do something that feels true to They're like, the we're narrative. trying to wrap everything up, da-da-da-da. It's like, this right. just feels like another episode in these people's lives. Right. Which is the whole point of the show. Yeah. Where, like, I think... It's intimate. It's intimate. That's the word we're looking for. Yes. And, like, friend... I love Friends. We've talked about this. I love the Friends finale. I hate no the Friends offense. finale. Oh, really? I love I don't it. like it. Oh my god, I love I, it. Well, I, wait, how can you say that? How can you say that? Wait, I don't mean to be inflammatory, but like to me, that finale is similar to this one in that we get the idea that their lives are just going to go forward as normal. Well, that I like. I think I have I have issues with the specific character that like what the god off the plane of it all. I hate the god off the plane of it all. Hmm. I, I hate that. that she gets off the plane. I hate that the this whole show. Like, yes, a big portion of fr- this is a friend's corner. I hate that the big portion of, like, the big portion of Friends is Rachel and Ross. And I don't like that the majority of the finale in this show that has been about these friendships and this family gets boiled down to Rachel and Ross. I think that we should have gotten closure with Ross and Rachel the season before the finale. And this and this season should have been all about Monica and Chandler building their family. If that's what I I'm agree. trying to say, I totally agree I 100% agree. Yes, like, I th- think... Like, I think the got off the plane of it could have happened in this season right before the finale. Yeah. Austin and Rachel would have spent a season... Or the second back- to last episode. I would have been fine with that even. You know what would have been perfect? The season before the final season, like the penultimate season, we should have had the get off the plane. Yeah. And then the next season, we should have had a plot line that was like, Rachel gets this career break, the same one she gets now. And for Ross, it's a growth moment. He either has to decide between sticking with his career as an archaeologist and doing the work he loves or following Rachel and letting her live her dream for once. Yeah. And I think that we could have seen them grapple with that. And at the end, he decides that, you know what? I'm okay going with Rachel. I'll be happy wherever she goes. And we still have the ending shot the same way where they all leave their keys. They say goodbye. They fly off to wherever they're going. Yeah. But yeah, I just have, I, I think that's the big crux I have where, yes, this whole show is about Rory and and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. The whole show is about them. Yeah. So much of this episode, though, is giving so much love and respect to all the characters that 
have been built around them yeah. and make them better. And I feel like that's, I feel like Friends does kind of the opposite of that, where we kind of push all of our side care, our, our other main characters to the side just for the sake of these two main characters, which I don't like. Especially because it's such an ensemble. Mm, I get what you mean, and at the same, but at the same time, I still love the finale. So, of like, course, I mean, look, I still think I think out of like, if we're gonna I, talk about finales that suck, we are gonna have to talk about Seinfeld at, at some point because the Seinfeld finale is. I bad. like don't even remember it. It is bad. It's like literally a best of episode, pretty much. Oh, I hate that. Like they all go in. They, they, there's like a a lawsuit trial sort of thing. Oh and, yes, because that's where Terry Hatcher shows back up. Yep, and so, like, all of these characters that had their episodes come back and are, like, testifying against them and saying, like, how shitty they are <laughs> as people, and they all end up in a jail cell together. And, Again, like, that's a great second-to-last episode. Like, for a show that's so much about nothing... No, because no, Jerry always says that he hates it when people call it a show about nothing, even though they have an entire episode about how they were trying to create a show about nothing. Anyway, <laughs> don't get me started on that fucking soapbox. But to me, it touches on something you already said, which is... When a show tries to do too much, they it's doing have too every much. single side character who's ever been slightly famous as a result of their cameo or character arc on yeah. the show in a single episode as a way to say goodbye and like try and, I don't know, hit on. It's like a best of episode. It literally is. Like, it's, yeah. it doesn't feel genuine to it me. It doesn't I think serve the characters. A good finale for Seinfeld, and everybody has a different opinion on what it should have been. To me, a good finale final episode of Seinfeld would have been an episode that just did not feel like a finale. And I think they could have been so risque and just done an episode that was like... I agree. Wait, that was the finale? They didn't even say goodbye. They didn't even do anything differently. Like, what? How the fuck was that the fin- I think they should have done that. Sort of like how Sopranos cuts to yes. black. And we get no closure. We get I nothing. S- I especially agree with a show like, like Seinfeld where it feels just very like this is their lives we are seeing into. I feel the same about Gilmore Girls, where this feels like an episode in their lives. Yes, there's a big change happening at the end, but we don't even see that change. We don't see her get on the plane. Right. It's different because it's like they're leaving us off at a point that's familiar to us. And we'll talk about the last shot, the last scene, because it's perfect. But it's just like this feels like their lives are continuing on when the camera's cut. Yep. And it just is what it is. And we're not like... We're just not going to be privy to what happens, but nothing is changing in... Yeah, uh, yeah, I love this finale. I love this finale, too. But, um... Um, but anyway, Taylor's speech is horrible. Taylor, okay, and I literally sent Chubb yeah. an audio message of myself <laughs> cackling, Which made me laugh so hard. He just keeps going. The way in which Emily's... Okay, first of all, everybody's reactions. Kirk's face when he's talking, Jackson's face... Everybody's face, right? But Emily's little one line is the most hilarious thing ever. Like, funniest thing she's ever said. She goes, is this speech making you a little queasy? (laughs) (laughs) It's because she's just being so, she's so confused. I can't. It's just so fucking funny. It's just so funny. I literally chortled so loud. Um, and then, and then Taylor's like, Rory, do you want to say anything? And she goes up and she's like, thank you, Taylor, for that very unique trip. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I can't take anything happening here. No. Seriously. She's wearing a sash made of Kirk's mom's underwear. Ugh. Fucking Taylor just made it sound like the entire team pushed them out of their collective pussy. Insane. Like, it, his speech is just so disgusting and just like. So weird. <laughs> 
such a weird note to leave him on. <laughs> it's hilarious. But though. then Rory gives um, the sweetest speech. She gives the sweetest speech and thanks her mom. And Lorelai's eyes are full of tears. Please just kill me now oh, because, like, I, I so cry. much good tear acting in this episode. That was my second cry. But like, I think it was genuine. I believe it. I, I feel. I mean, it's all a finale. It's always genuine. genuine. All the tears in this episode were were genuine. And then. And then Cool in the Game Celebration plays. And by the way, I just need to comment on this song. Please. This is the ultimate party song. Yeah. It, this song will play at my wedding. If I ever have a child, I will play it at the birth of my <laughs> child. Birth. I'm going to play this oh song my when my God. baby is born. Okay. I'm just saying sure. that. Okay. Anyway, so Emily Insane. keeps going on and on about the spa. And now she wants to talk about um, a tennis court. And Lorelai's like, Mom, why are you trying to loan me money? I don't get it. And then it clicks. And she's like, it clicks, and she and Emily's like, well, I was just thinking we could talk about this over dinner and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, Mom, why don't we just talk about this on Friday? And she's like, oh, you're going to come on Friday. And she's like, okay, great. Well, like, don't be late and don't wear jeans. And Laurel is just like, okay, I will I will not wear jeans. When have I ever worn jeans Friday night dinner? Well, they're interrupted um, <coughs> by Rory. And Richard. And Richard. And... They're like hugging and Richard starts getting really emotional, which is cute. Yeah. And just like everybody's acting like she's dying. It's kind well, of Well, even I before like, we skipped over I mean, we mentioned it briefly earlier, but when Richard has the moment with Lorelai and he's like, This is a this is just as much for you, if anything, like this is a testament to the life you've built here. It's just it's so nice to find to see them really give her the recognition that she's she deserves as this phenomenal woman. Yeah. I think they finally see how important their daughter is in her own yes. life. She might not be pre- like CEO of like a Fortune 500 company. She might not be president of the United States. But the States. life she's built like, is in this just little as town, impressive. She's built a life around her in this town that is impressive. And we see bits and pieces of that throughout the whole series with like <clears throat> Rory's birthday in the first season and her Chilton graduation. We see it in ways. Yeah, but, but this, this is, is the the, ultimate, like, the crux. This, this is the end of it. Right. And right. eventually, like when she does, Rory walks them to their car when they leave. Suki comes over and she's like, "This is amazing. I can't believe you went to all this trouble." And she's and she's like, "Well, I did the baking, but this was all." Yeah. Work. And and Lorelai's like, "Huh?" And she's like, "Yeah, he made me promise not to say, but I don't care." And Suki's the ultimate Java junkie shipper. Oh she, yes. She like, literally goes off, and she's like, "Yep, he." Worried about the tents, he set everything up, he stayed up until late. He did all of it. Blah, blah, blah. He did all of but it. But one last like, thing before we get to that. Rory and Emily have a very sweet moment. She's like, I'm, I'm so and proud of you. It's an grandma. honor to be your grandmother, Rory Gilmore. And she starts to tear up. And it's just one of the oh most beautiful scenes in the whole show. And it's so cathartic, <sighs> see, like her, having Emily be so proud of the life that Rory has and that Lorelai has given her. It really is a touching scene, especially because we don't get a lot of tenderness. From no, Emily. it's usually She's if one of them, it's Richard. She's very rough around the edges. Yes. But it's, yeah, it just makes me, part. it's so, it's so lovely to see their last moments on screen together be so sweet. Right. I totally agree. Um, so Lorelai just starts like floating away from Suki. She's like literally on cloud mm-hmm. nine after hearing that news. Like, yep, she's going to get her man. 
people keep talking to her and she's like, yeah, in a second. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And she's just like literally floating she, over yeah, to she's the gotta diner go. where she knows Lucas. He comes out of the diner and he's like, hey. And she's like, hey. hey. <laughs> and she she has that little I'm in love with Luke face. Oh, yes. And um, she's like, thank you so much. And he's like, oh, it's nothing. And she's like, Luke. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I just like to see you happy. Oh. And then kiss of the century. So, and fucking... you can see them both going at the same. Like, there's no. No, there's no per- who kissed who no, first. It's literally it's they both, both lean it's in. So they both sweet. want it. They want it so bad. And in the distance, we see the tents flapping. And it just made me wonder at the most inopportune moment. How did Luke sew that without fucking it up or getting it I... tangled? Like, I know it's a TV show, but I'm just saying logistically. Well, would that I had the same possible? thought when they first showed up and I saw the whole thing. And I was like, how did he do that? Like, how the fuck could you sew a massive thing like that without getting it? By hand. By hand. He didn't even use a machine. He literally stitched it He by did hand. the whole thing. How the fuck could somebody stitch? No, no. And see, and that makes it even crazier. You have to suspend disbelief a little yeah. bit. Because I consider that to be an impossible I task. agree. But like. To patchwork together a tent. A, a million tents From fucking into one tarps tent. and tents. And like, te- I don't know if any of you have ever actually touched one of those tents. They're awful. I own one and I've set them up many times just growing up camping. And I can tell you one thing about it. They are a mess of fabric. Yeah. They get tangled up so easily. There's zippers to deal with. Windows, doors, flaps. It's a pain in the uh, ass. Pockets. Um, fucking. And the fabric is like silky it's yeah. not like a cotton fabric it's not, it's not something easy, easy, to, sew. easy to sew it's... through at all no. it's so there's so much i mean how the fuck did he by do that? design oh there's so much tension in the fabric so like it's it's durable it just makes me feel like this was even a bigger gesture because of how difficult where the it was. fuck is he gonna so... put that it's going into a <laughs> party. <laughs> he's not cutting all those stitches with a little seam ripper. He's yeah. he's checking that in the garbage and buying everyone a new you know, tent or telling them to suck good it Good for him. Who's going to argue with him? him. I, su- I support him. And I think the entire town is just like, take what you need. It's for Rory's going away party. Period. And it's just, That's it's Rory. such a sweet kiss. It's a sweet kiss. And then... We cut to the house after the party. It's the next day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you have everything you need? What about this? What about that? I've decided I'm going to give you my orange sweater that you look good in. Oh, um, and you could tell she's so... She's just trying to not be she's emotional. She's getting frantic. Yeah, she's like getting really frantic. And she's like, God, I wish we had more time. And the show had no right to make me cry like five same, times today. Same. I was not expecting this. I was expecting it, but I'm still annoyed. <laughs> um, I've decided that I want to go move to a small town and live like this. Have you like, told Bernie? They just go to the diner at 6 a.m. Luke is like, what do you guys want? And she's like, I want everything basically on the menu and pancakes. And he's like, coming right up. And it's like a tiny little diner. <sighs> and like only the people who live there go to this yeah. diner. It's never going to be busy enough for you to not get a seat. You know the owner. He gives you free food. Fucking... <laughs> He, you fall in love with him. He falls in love with... Like, come Living on. This is not... This is a dream life. This is a dream life. And... Do you want to come with yeah, me? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going right. to run the diner. For, okay, and I'm going to be the inn owner. Oh! <laughs> this, is a, this is a conflict. 
Ah, oh, damn. Yeah, that's fine. The town's gonna have to pick two. <laughs> <laughs> but Rory mentions the necklace. Rory mentions the necklace. It's so cute. Um, it's adorable. And it just this slowly cuts away. It like fades out. The camera pulls back, and you see them sitting in Luke's. It started and ended the same way. The, the show started and opened on a shot of Lorelai walking into Luke's, and the show ended on a shot pulling away from. I love it. The diner. I love it. But more than that, the first episode ends with Rory and Lorelai at Luke's, and the last. There's episode no way it could have ended differently. With them at Luke's. No, there's no possible way it could have ended differently. We wanted, it's, we wanted it. They, they knew exactly what we wanted. And they gave it's it the to best us. ending. I'm so happy that this was the finale, Me and too. there's nothing else we have to talk about. That's, that's it. it. That's that's it. We're not. <laughs> I can't wait to see how the, a year in the life ruined this. <laughs> oh. God. And I'm generally someone who likes a year in the life more than I dislike it. But really? God damn it, I wish they had just left the show where it is. <laughs> I don't think this is the show that needed a reboot. No, I agree. I, I was happy when they announced it. Did they need it? No. It ended in a perfect yeah. place. I got every cl- piece of closure. I yeah. wanted Luke and Lorelai together. <laughs> Rory going off and getting her dream job. Things are good with Richard and Emily. The town is the town. What more do I need? No, I don't need a reboot. But am I happy? Okay, yeah. sure. I can, be, I can get down with seeing Luke and Lorelai as an old married couple. And then I watch it and I'm like... Okay. I could get down with seeing Luke and Lorelai as an old married couple. I could get down with seeing Rory and Jess at their bookshop slash coffee shop that they opened in in Stars Hollow or in a nearby town like Hartford, Connecticut, or even Province, um, Province, yeah. Rhode Island. But like, I think <sighs> the what the, the what the reboot got wrong is that they were trying too hard to give us conflict, and this show has never really the been conflict about... has always come easy and secondary. Right. What it's more about is the characters, and that's what people fell in love with, are the characters in this town. What they should have done is started with, where are people in their lives in the town now? And built the conflict around it. Instead, they were too busy trying to make Lorelai and and Luke have problems because they didn't get married. Like, since when have either of them ever cared about that? They had an entire story arc Yeah, we've about done that. it before. It's the same, and they, we, it's the same issue uh, with the Sex and the City reboot. Where it just feels like a lot of constant retreading of issues we've talked about 20 years ago. That's my biggest qualm with most shows that get rebooted or revived. And this is the same. We This is how exactly how I feel about the Elmer Generation yeah. Q. Was I happy that there was a reboot? Yes, because for once that show did not end with closure the way like Willing Or Sex in the City. Or, or, or Sex in the City yeah. did. Or Gilmore Girls did. The L Word ended in a very uncomfortable unceremonious yeah. way where like the fans were very unhappy with it we got a short six season the storylines that got tied up were like yeah just very sloppy and messy and nobody was really satisfied with it okay fine a reboot sure and then they fucked up the reboot yeah. so badly and like they've rehashed storylines that had already been addressed and like taken yep. care of in the original. You're not supposed to do that. Like create something new if you're going to create again, drama. And again, we will get into the, the depths of it next week with A Year in the Life, which is going to be our first of our bonus yeah. episodes. You know what, what I'm going to do? No, I'm literally going to write this down because Please. I don't want to forget. Okay, sticky <laughs> notes. Okay. I'm writing a sticky to note remember. to myself. Look out. 
for all repeated mm. stories. Because again, lines. like you've mentioned already, like the, like you've said, the L word did it. Um, I didn't watch the Will and Grace reboot. Will and Grace reboot well, did not good. do that. It was great. But like, it was and just like amazing. that, retreaded through a lot of stuff we had already done in the show and in the movies. So it was just like, well, what's the well, point? Well, you know what? No, the biggest thing with the with with and just like that is the movies. And for a lot of people, a lot of people don't. Ex- we talked about this before, but I don't remember if we were recording or not. But we'll just say it again. Some Sex and the City fans don't accept the movies into the canon, they which is only just not the show. Which is bullshit. They address the show. It, they address uh, the movies in and just like that. She yeah, wears. Yeah, so that means it has to be canon. Like Carrie is married. Yeah, she. Just they like got that. married so at the end sense. of the first movie. I can understand ignoring the second right. movie, because like it doesn't really feed into the canon in any way that's like meaningful. Where like. Mm-hmm. Well, except for she reconnects with Aiden, and we I think get the feeling if that she's anything, the fully... the second season of and just like that will bring will tie in the second movie. But just the first season, so the first movie really is the only one that matters because especially like. Mm-hmm. She literally wears the shoes from the closet in the move in the first movie. Like it's directly right. so it's like you can't ignore you, it's literally canon you cannot ignore it. People who pretend the movies are meaningless It's also are the first movie's like not crazy. bad. Right, the the first movie is like amazing. it's a good are movie. You kidding me? All of y'all are going to be gagged when Louise from St. Louis shows up in and just like that season 2. Gag. <laughs> I want her with to. that ugly I want purse. Her to. Wait, that purse okay, is not ugly. Okay, we can't do this. Um, next week we're gonna talk about and just um a year in the life. <laughs> and we're, we're so, so excited. excited. I haven't watched this. Um, I think since it premiered, maybe. Me either. I only watched <laughs> it understandably. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't remember a lot of it. I'm excited to experience it. Again, the things I do remember I don't like, but maybe I'll like more this time. Agreed. Thank you so Thank much you for, for listening. listening. That wraps up the majority of our Gilmore Girls season is over. Yes. We have a bonus episode coming your way. And so then we're going to... Yeah, we're going to be gearing up for our next series. Exciting yeah, to think so about. Yeah, so stay tuned to find what... If we already announced it, get excited. If we didn't announce it, stay tuned to find out what it is. Because we're going to announce it I can't it remember again. if we've mentioned it. <laughs> I don't think so. We're so stupid. I don't remember either. But Like, if we have, it's not the end of the world. I just can't remember. We say so much shit here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway. And I hope you liked it. We hope you liked Gilmore Girls. Thank you for listening. We love you. Talk to you soon. One of our favorites. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my God. He's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died. <laughs>